start your engines and buckle up. It's the Light Sights. Let's go. F1 show. Bonjour et bienvenue to Log F1 Spectacle. Examine the Grand Prix de Francais. Don la Castellet. A la Jacques Radio. For the uncultured of you, that is a welcome to the Log F1 show. The the uh, the uh, examination of the Grand Prix of France um, in Castellet on Jacks Radio. And with me, I have Adam and Rich. What do you reckon, boys? It's a good introduction, isn't it? Slow weekend, was it, mate? Yeah. It was a, it, 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 it was a slow weekend, but we've gone all French this week. You know? I'm looking forward to you doing it in Austrian next weekend. <laughs> You'll have two goes at getting that right. <laughs> and I could, you know, perhaps uh, burst into... Je rien, rien. No, I, thought, I, thought I, had, I thought there was this overwhelming stench of garlic <coughs> eclairs or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, that's enough of that. So, at the top of the show, you heard a French rock band uh, called Treponum Pound, um, and they were singing uh, Renegade, which is on an album called Higher, and I quite enjoyed that song, I must say. So, uh, yes, as you can guess, it's the roundup of the French Grand Prix. So let's crack on with a little bit of a news roundup first. Um, so, boys, did you hear about uh, Bottas and Lewis having a chassis swap this weekend? I, yeah, vaguely. I did, you did not, Adam. I heard. I heard no, hear a little. Not. Yeah, I, I heard that um, Valtteri had Valtteri reverted back to an older chassis. No, or was so, it the other way around? No, Valtteri had Lewis's chassis this weekend, the one that Lewis has raced with all season so far. Oh. Bottas was racing with that chassis, and Lewis was racing with Bottas's chassis. What oh. was the reasoning behind that? Well, apparently it's a non-story from Mercedes, and just part of their normal chassis rotation, but I don't know. It's interesting that we're just going into a triple header, Um Perhaps Russell could be being, um, uh, you know, given a contract and announced the British jump, uh, GP. Um, have they given Bottas a chance to prove that he can do what he can do with a chassis that clearly Lewis has worked with? You know, have they given him three three races or so to uh, to prove himself? Don't know. Could, could potentially explain his uh, exasperation towards the end of the Grand Prix. Potentially. Yes. Yes, it could have done. But I thought that was. A I, I love this. I love the soap opera that is F one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good, fantastic. Isn't it? It's fantastic. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so uh, yeah, so that was an interesting point. And it, and if they did swap, and Lewis still outraced Bottas. Oof. If they did swap, it made five eights a bugger all difference, didn't it? Really? Yes, pretty much. I'm. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure you could give him the chassis out of my car and he'd still beat him. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so it seems that Red Bull are continuing to develop their car and doing very well. Um, mm. Yet there's noise from Mercedes that they're not developing their car as much this year anymore and they are concentrating on next year, which I think was some interesting comments for Toto Wolf to come out with this weekend. Because they're in a title fight. I mean, is is it just bluff and, bu- and bluster, or what is it? 
I, I think there's a bit of bluff and bluster around it, but I genuinely think I do. I have thought that they will be possibly relying on their extraordinarily talented driver in Mr. Lewis Hamilton, seven time world champion to probably drag something over the line. That's not going to get as much attention throughout the season as it perhaps otherwise would. I just think that they are have they have massively uh, as all the teams have to have an eye on next year, um, but they clearly want to continue uh, in at the, at the forefront rather than getting caught napping from say I don't know someone like Alpine, who yeah. probably thrown all their eggs into the twenty twenty two basket. I mean, I've had I had a little bit of a, I was thinking about this quite a bit over the weekend, and I came up with the it could could be way off, but I reckon so Mercedes. As a company, Mercedes need to be at the top. They need to be doing the best. Yeah, so they they can't take their eye off next year and you know spend three or four years playing catch up. That's not good enough for you know Daimler, the 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 overarching um, sort of company. So I think Mercedes quite clearly will be looking to next year and taking away some of the development for this car. Whereas Red Bull, I think possibly are going all out. You know, guns blazing for this championship to give Max a championship. To be able to hold on to Max for the future, is that possible? Is is that a out there sort of thought? Mm, I think it's possible. I also think that, you know, as we alluded to in in previous discussions, that perhaps Mercedes are feeling the pinch of the price cap. Yeah, yeah. I think because yeah, they made they, they 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 made a lot a lot of steps forward in that very early part of the season. You know, between. You know, preseason practice in the first races. You know, did they kind of? Is it a case that they're they're not developing their car for the rest of the year, or they simply they can't develop their yep. car for the rest of the year because you know the wallets are empty, so to speak. Yeah, mm. it is a fair point, and it was interesting actually. So um, I, I don't know how much coverage you guys managed to see, but during practice on Friday, um, Bottas went over the curb at turn four. And they've got some slightly higher yellow sausage curbs on that outside of that of that of that corner to stop cars going out there. Instead of having a timing loop, it stops you going out there, and it it damaged the the front wing and underside of Bottas's car. And there and Sky um, on their coverage played a radio message from Merck to the FIA saying that they want those curbs taken away because the damage caused to Bottas's car cost around £65,000 and they can't afford it on their cost cap if that keeps happening. And it was quite interesting. And then, and also there was something from Red Bull as well and a couple of other teams that when damage was happening, things, they were, they were, they were on the line to the FIA saying, you know, this is affecting our cost cap. It's interesting to see how the cost cap is beginning to really play here in, on teams and, and how tight to that line they're actually running. It's mm-hmm. quite interesting. It's good. It is good. Yeah, because, it is good. yeah, it can't just be the deepest pockets wins, really, because you know we need to, yeah. we need to, we need to see. You know, uh, as difficult as it's been for for him over the last, you know, we need to see teams like Williams being able to be back up the grid a little bit, and certainly on a on a more level playing field. Yeah. Okay. But but here's a point that I was also thinking around. I did a lot of thinking this weekend, and as well as learning French, um, and that was <laughs> that, badly learning French badly. <laughs> and that no, was sorry. okay. So when are we going to see a position? So when remember remember when Russell went into the back of uh, Bottas 
Yeah. So Russell and Williams, uh, Bottas in a Mercedes. Are we, we going to see a point when a team brings a judgment against another team for what the FIA would deem as a um, avoidable accident to say, OK, so so what? where do we go with our cost cap now? So do do we take £65,000 worth of cost cap from Williams onto us? You know, and, and, and start bringing action against the FIA to say, well, if it wasn't our fault, you've deemed it an avoidable accident. What happens to our cost cap? Ooh, we're going to have FIA-sanctioned loss adjusters at each Grand Prix, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to end up yeah. with insurance. Knock for knock, I think that was. I Bottas think it could, and could get, Russell. Could get interesting. I think it, could it could get, get very interesting. interesting. It's a fair point. If if you know if somebody goes to the back of somebody else and affects their cost cap, oh, you see now, now you start thinking tactically. Yes. Might might we go into the back of Mercedes and cost yes. them an absolute blooming fortune? Mm. <laughs> it's gonna go. be it's it's Ooh. gonna be the. It's going to be the equivalent of the, of the ice hockey enforcer that just goes in and lays out somebody. <coughs> could Nikita Mazepin bring some sort of tactical advantage to Haas here? <laughs> Who, knows? In his, Who knows? In his role as mobile chicane. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. Okay, so we're going to get to a song in a minute and then we're going to crack into uh, qualifying. So obviously, uh, as you know, the, it was at the Paul Ricard circuit this weekend. Um, now, little question for you. I've always got a question for you. What team and which driver scored the team's 100th win at Paul Ricard back in 1990? So it was the team's 100th win. What, what team and what driver scored? Uh, Got that win. Have a guess. Think about the era, nineteen ninety. Benetton. No, I think it was, it was too early for Benetton to have a hundred. Yeah. Williams. No. It was Ferrari. Oh, blimey! It was Ferrari. And what driver are you going to go with? Who who scored that hundredth win for that team? Oh, in nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Uh, Gerhard Berger. No. Was it McKay? Was a Frenchman? Was it Jean Lacy? No, it was Alain Prost. Alain, it was Prost. Of course, it was nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Just when he left uh, McLaren yeah. to go to Ferrari. There you go. Before he had a year out uh, from it. But there you go. So, Rich, we're going to come to one of your songs with your wonderful links. <laughs> right. Okay, dokie. Right. Well, last uh, my last tune I had was ACDC's Back in Black, which I know you loved. I and, did. Uh, you, yeah, it's clearly had an influence because you are back in black this evening. Very true. So, um, so my 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 link for this one. So, Back in Black uh, was uh, the seventh. So it was one of ACDC from Australia, um, which probably you wouldn't guess if you've ever seen the front man interviewed. Um, because as we know, Brian Johnson is the uh, front man and he's way from up north, lad, um, in, um, in, in Newcastle, or he might be from Sunderland. I may have insulted him then, never mind. Um, so, but they're an Australian rock band. Now, Brian Johnson, um, the, uh, the Back in Black album was released in 1980 and it was the first album that Brian Johnson sang on, sang on. And unfortunately he replaced, um, their previous lead singer who, um, who sadly died. So the original lead singer for ACDC was a guy called Bon Scott. And um, my, my, um, my link here is simply the word Bon. So <laughs> Wonderful. It's as good All as of that, that to really. get to that beautiful All of bon. that to get to the word Bon. So having a guess, we're going to go with uh, Bon Jovi. 
There we are. And uh, and this is uh, this is bad medicine because it sounds like something you've had over the weekend to come out with that terrible French accent, Mr. Knight. So uh, Bon Jovi and bad medicine. Let's do it. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show. Jack's Radio. Welcome back to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's Radio. And you were just listening to Bon Jovi with bad medicine. So love your choice there, Rich, and a great link. All of that link to get to Bon is quite amazing. It's, there you go. It's, it's all about the build-up. It's your brand. Yeah. It's very, my yeah, brand is it's all about the build-up and a slightly inadequate finish, but there we go. At <laughs> <laughs> least said about that, the better, eh? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right then, boys. Let's uh, let's let's crack on to qualifying before we uh, get uh, distracted. Right, okay. So qualifying uh, at Le Castellet at Paul Ricard. We had Max Verstappen on pole. We had Hamilton second, Bottas third, and Perez fourth. And that was quite interesting. I mean, uh, the Paul Ricard circuit has been Mercedes' backyard, really, for uh, since he's been back on the uh, back on the calendar. So it was very interesting that uh, that Red Bull have been able to well not only match them but better them, really. So I, I think it's saying quite a lot about that. Red Bull car at the moment. Um, you had the, the Ferraris qualified quite well in fifth and seventh. I was quite surprised at they fell back in the race and we'll come on to the race. But um, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, you had Gasly in sixth. That was again Gasly's just solid and in performance after performance, really good. Yep. You had the two McLarens in the top ten, a bit lower down than normal. But um, yeah, you know it was a it was a better weekend for Daniel Ricciardo as well, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had Fernando Alonso in ninth. Um, yeah, so uh, you know he soundly beat Ocon this weekend as well, and got a bit in the uh, race roundup as well about that. So it's good to see Alonso as well. So I think those yep. those drivers who are new to the car starting to come good now, aren't they? And starting to consistently put in those results. I'd agree. I'd agree absolutely. They're starting to. Yeah, they did say five six races in, and uh, it's starting to uh, starting to show now. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So qualifying started, and within three seconds. You had Yuki Sonoda binning it into the barrier. Um, uh, so, is this the well, track that we said you can't really bin it at because it's got enormous runoff areas that yes, give me was. a headache every time we see it? I can't stand watching this track. It looks like somebody just, I don't know, was sat in their garage trying to make some scale trick kind of setup and then bothered, not, didn't bother to actually build the track. Yeah. Martin Brundle was saying the same thing. Oh, it's just enough. dreadful. It's but here, so, here's, so, here's a question for you then. I mean, I want to love Sonoda and I really want to cheer him on. But I think at the start of the season, we said that he will make some rookie mistakes, but he's making a lot of mistakes. I mean, he's at Toro Rosso, Alpha Tauri. I mean, you know, you've got that ever-present helmet Marco hanging around. How much longer is is he going to have patience with him? Not much, I don't think. You know, see, see, see earlier comments about cost cap. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, could indeed. we see Albon back in there? Well, what's he been? What's Albon been doing of late? He's he had a very good weekend last weekend in um, uh, is it DTM? One of it is the German touring car. Yeah, so I think he's you know he's out there and he's he's still you know honing his race craft, albeit not in a Formula One car. But yeah, it's possibilities. I don't know. I don't know if they're getting any support via. Sonoda or whether it's just you know it's placating the Honda people but um you know if they if they are looking at developing their own engine the 
helmet Red Bull. I know it's we're talking Alpha Tauri, but that sort of that whole yeah. brand. If you know, once they yeah. get the deal done with uh, with Honda, it's like, well, we can jettison the crashy Japanese driver. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they don't, I, I mean, uh, but yeah, he, he needs I a don't, I don't see him going backwards to Albon personally. I mean, nope. never say never. No, I, I, I just don't. I just don't think it's them. I just don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That was interesting. Stick, stick I with think... Sonoda then, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he comes good in the end. Hopefully, he comes good in the end. And then you had Schumacher. You had a, actually a fantastic lap for to Schumacher to put his Haas, you know, pretty much in, into Q two, and then the lap afterwards he. Into the barrier, also, which is interesting. He also managed mm. to find one of those uh, lesser spotted barriers at Paul Ricard circuit. So uh, it's kind he's of certainly got a lap in him. I was going to say, sort of proving the fact that these this sort of banded blue high grip surfacing that they've got outside the racing line that's supposed to slow the cars down if they slide on it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> really? Not necessarily, no. No. Maybe, maybe it was a good job that Grosjean's practice got. Uh got binned after all yeah yeah that's true hey come on friend of the show roman grosjean you can't you can't keep knocking him <laughs> he's a lovely man he can speak french better than you dan mainly oh, because he's french oh, i'm not sure about that i think my, my french is pretty good i think uh, yeah. a little a little west country twang to it. it's very good merci um <laughs> okay and then we <laughs> had <laughs> sorry go on Adam, what you gonna say you mean you mean mercy surely yeah. mercy right? no, no i clearly mean merci <laughs> anyway, and then we had Lance Stroll uh, qualifying. What a nightmare! So he had a time deleted because he went out of uh, out of track limits, um, and then he backed off on his second lap, didn't get a time in, and then got hit by the red flag. So he ended up starting last on the grid. Um, technically, he wasn't last because Sonoda started from the pit lane in the end on the Sunday. But um, yeah, it was a day. It was a day to forget for for Lance Stroll, really. Um, and yeah. To be, to be fair, you get a banker lap in at places like Monaco and, you know, Singapore or Baku. You don't necessarily expect to get a red flag at Paul yeah, Ricard, yeah. really, do you? Yeah, I agree. Much less two of them. I agree. Well, quite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah, so it was it was it was quite interesting qualifying, and then uh, you know I think the the race was set up well. I was having a conversation with somebody about uh, on Saturday about, about the race and Hamilton being second. I didn't see as that bad a thing really because I kind of thought that you know Mercedes would be able to do the undercut uh, from being in second place. So I was expecting Max to get away well. I thought, okay, that kind of, you know, it doesn't give Merck the advantage, but it gives Hamilton a chance to do the undercut. Perhaps he could overtake him in the second stint and perhaps he could win the race. Yeah. But we will come on to the race and, uh, yeah, it was kind of kind yeah, of I, happened, but roles reversed. I wasn't too concerned about, you know, I, th- I actually thought, to be honest with you, it's quite a long run down to the first corner at Paul Ricard, so actually, potentially, yeah. starting second, if you can get in and tuck in behind, could be... Um, could almost... I wouldn't, do you call it an advantage? I don't know. You can certainly slipstream into that first corner. Yeah, definitely. And what I quite like as well is it's showing. So interviews that I've seen with Hamilton, particularly after the race as well. You know, obviously when he lost out to Max, um, but after qualifying being second, you know, he seems he seems happy. You know, of the positions he's in, because people have, have often criticised him, saying that he's a sore loser, and when he loses, he's you know that he he's really bad at interviews and things like that. But 
I've always said he's a sore loser when it's not his fault or something's gone wrong and caused him to be in that position, and he's genuinely frustrated at that act. Actually losing, I don't think he's a sore loser. And, and, and you know, he's no. genuinely accepted at the moment that the Red Bull's a faster car, and he knows Max is good. You know, he doesn't seem to what? have a problem right now losing to him. I think you've only got to look at the way he allowed Max to go by him at the end of the race. He knew. Yeah. He 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 knew yeah. there was there was not a chance in hell that he was going to hang on. So why put the car under any additional stress? Why 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 risk anything other than second place solid and just let him go yeah, by? He, he, and he and knew. and yeah, exactly that. You know, you've got to think of that. How many engines have they got this year? Three for the whole season. Yeah, that's you know, right. You've, yeah. Got, you've always got to have a mind on that. You've then got, as we've just spoken about, you've got the cost cap and potentially, you know, binning it off and causing untold thousands of dollars worth of damage probably isn't a smart thing yeah, to do either. Right. So you always got to have that, that that thing about it. And, you know, they rolled the dice. We'll come on to it in the race, I'm sure. But, you know, they rolled the dice and, you know, hey, it didn't work. Yeah. So, you know, I think they, they tried everything. You couldn't even blame the pit stops because actually they were quicker than Red Bull. On the yeah, pit, yeah, last pit stop, yeah. they they definitely upped the game. Mercedes have so, you know. Hey, I think you're right. I don't think I, I don't think I think when they've they've, they've they've put it all on the line, I I don't think he is a sore loser. I agree. I think it's when stuff goes wrong, that's out of his control, um, that, yeah. that you know he gets upset. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's go to a song then, and then we can get into the race thing because we're kind of touching on it now anyway. So Adam, this is one of yours. We're coming to. This is one of mine, yeah, and uh, actually, I'm going to stay again, well away from the the Rich Mason brand. There's no, there's no, no, no tenuous link here. Although, I, if I'm going to link it at all, he's definitely a bit of a basket case, is that Rich Mason? And so, therefore, this song is "Basket Case" by Green Day. You're listening to the Light Side. Let's go F1 show. Jack Ray. That was "Basket Case" by Green Day, and you're listening. To the light site, let's go F1 show on Jack's radio. And we are going to crack into the race now then. So I've got to say something at this point, and that is that, uh, Rich, you got your prediction correct for this Good race. Good, it? It, mm. it had to happen once. <laughs> so now that's one point to Adam, one point to Rich, and a big fat zero for myself. But don't you worry, it's a long season. I will get there eventually. Do you know what? We made those predictions a couple of weeks ago. So I thought last night, have I got that right? I think I might have done, but uh, nice to have it confirmed through good. Yes, so it was was Max (laughs) win, Hamilton second, and Perez third. But there you go. Okay, so um, I've got a bit of a uh, time uh, saving device here. And that is if you want to listen to this uh, race review, just go to our old show reviewing the, the Spain. Uh, uh, Grand Prix and just reverse the names because basically that's what exactly happened and I will tell you why because we will get into it um, yeah so basically it was all about the pit stops and you had Max um, doing an undercut on Hamilton so he was in second place and he pitted first on new tyres and used those new tyres to spend the next two laps putting in faster times than Lewis to then come out in ahead of him when Lewis eventually pitted and then they went for a second stop for Max Verstappen, and he spent the rest of the race chasing Lewis down, just like Lewis did in Spain. Um, and yes, Max, just as good as Lewis did, had to make that strategy work and ended up catching Lewis with two laps to go and overtaking him for the win. It was quite amazing, wasn't it, really? 
I think the amazing yeah. thing, I, I couldn't, I thought there was some sort of time slip that went on when Lewis came in the pits. I thought, I wonder if they were just holding back a little bit, managing the gap so that, that, that they'd lulled Mercedes thinking that they were going to come out ahead. Because the, the two thirds of the lap that Lewis came in, Verstappen literally just, just, I don't know what happened. He just put well, his foot down like you wouldn't believe. It was, so yeah, far. It was, it was, it was that. And also I think that, I think, what threw Mercedes off was the differential between the, the max outlap and the Bottas outlap because Bottas's pit stop made it look like the undercut was never going to work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, Max goes out and, and, and I, I think they were all just blown away. And, and, and that's why keeping Lewis out for that extra lap. But they, yeah, they, 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 they left out for two laps now. I don't yeah. know why they left, left, left the extra lap. I, well, and I, I, don't, I don't think they thought the undercut was a possibility after seeing the Bottas differentials. And no, exactly. Sudden, they, they, I mean, they were just blown away. Yeah. They, they were not expecting that at all. No, not at all. Absolutely I mean, that was agree. A, I mean, Max's outlap after that pit stop was blistering. Yeah, totally. Blistering. Yeah. No, true, true. I, I, I just don't know why. Yeah, I just can't work out why they left Lewis out for two laps. They should have brought him in the next lap. But um, you know, 100%. it could have been closer. I don't know whether you know it, it still saved it. But I, I think that was Mercedes' race losing mistake. Yeah, was 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 that one? Um, I I had um, you know, our mutual friends Mark Wilkins texted me during the race, and when Max came in for a second stop, and Lewis and Bottas didn't come in, he was texting me saying. Oh, Mercedes have blown it. Why haven't they pitted Lewis? And I was saying, well, there's absolutely no point in pitting them because all that's going to happen is they're going to come out behind Max and it's just going to be the same as for the rest of the race. They may yeah. as well try something different. Chances yeah. are Max will get yeah. him, but you may as well try it. You, you've yeah. got to try something different, haven't you? Which, which is exactly why, which is exactly why Red Bull um, called that second pit stop. Yes. And fair, fair play to them for doing it because they knew... I believe they realized they knew they did not have the race pace to pass Lewis on track. Yeah, that's right. Early, you, er, you, early on, right? You need about a second difference at you to be so able there, to So therefore, by, by the time they got to that second pit stop, they knew that Lewis was, would, would eventually have passed Max, 100%. If Max doesn't come in, Lewis wins that race because of the obvious that he wouldn't have been able, he would not have been able to keep him behind him on the same tires at the same level in the race. And yeah, yeah. To pit him from the lead. I mean, it's very similar to Barcelona with that big key difference, right? So the aggressive, it's the aggressive call. They, they pitted him from the lead and that has to tell you that they knew that eventually they would have given up the lead to Lewis again, had he not come in. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. yeah because, I agree. It's yeah. Totally. Because totally. they did pit early, didn't they? So Bottas coming in early triggered yeah. earlier yeah. than expected pit stops because they, they brought Bottas in because he flat spotted his tyre, didn't he? And they yeah. had terrible vibration in his car and it was just almost a safety thing. So Merck bringing him in triggered that round of pit stops earlier than needed. And and so you're right. Lewis kind of stayed out. There's actually two laps and yeah, could have caught him later on in, in the race. But yeah, uh, Max went for that extra pit stops they probably as you say probably thought he was end up catching him i expect i thought it was really interesting it is but but again just like lewis did you know um max had to make that strategy work you know it was an aggressive 
call from from Red Bull. It shows that they've now got used to being at the front again, mm. and they're back to that old team, just like Merca. You know, not scared to make these aggressive calls. Have faith in the car. Have faith in the driver. Um, they kind of lacked that perhaps last year a few times and lacked yeah. that aggressive call to actually win a race. But yeah, they're 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 back to the good old days of Red Bull, I think now and. Um, it's going to be a very interesting fight from from now well, on. Well, it's going to be interesting, especially if, if you're going to have these cars that are are potentially much much closer, or let's say equivalent. You've got two drivers that are far yeah. far closer, more equivalent. One one could argue this 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 type of race could be decided in the garage and on the and on the, and on the pit stop wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, strategy calls and things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, 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 this is playing into you know, it's, it's as you know, the drivers are as you say, so evenly matched and uh, and quick as each other that you know it could come down to you know Toto and Christian having their having their actual mid race input in strategy calling and as you say the garage work and everything. I was pleased to see Mercedes have up their game on the pit stops this weekend as well. You know, yeah, I think I think that's one been massive hole in their game even even before you know the uh, shredding of the tire nuts on on Bottas's car and everything else I think they've you know they have consistently been half a second slower than than Red Bull and they've sort of pulled it up yeah. a little bit this weekend so they've I mean, got to tighten up in all areas it's quite a turnaround for, for Red Bull really because I mean Lewis since this track's been back on back on the the um, the, uh, the calendar he's led 105 out of 106 laps at, at Paul Ricard, and then suddenly, you know, Red Bull come in and beat him. It, it's uh-huh. it that Red Bull is seriously fast, and they, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting in Austria to see see what happens with this uh, d- uh, double header coming up. It's going to be yeah, very, very. interesting. Um, but what also helped Red Bull win that race was obviously Perez being yeah. up in the mix, and that and that really helped them because it stopped Mercedes being able to kind of do what they want behind. Why well, could I Perez couldn't? Un- yeah, but I couldn't understand why Mercedes didn't split the strategies. Well, I, I was, think they wanted to use Bottas as a blocker. To, to, they were hoping Bottas would hold up Max for maybe a lap or two, mm. and that could have could have won Lewis the race. So I mean, I think it, that's what they did. I mean, I think Valtteri just sort of overtook himself into that chicane, didn't he? It was just, it yeah, was, but it, but it's, it's interesting. Had, it was not good driving by Valtteri Bottas. No, in trying but, to defend. But, but it's interesting, Rich, because you mentioned about um, Valtteri's frustration uh, on the radio earlier on. And I think that frustration is more about Bottas knows or knew that he was being used as a blocker for Lewis. And therefore, he's now not happy with his position in the team because he's basically, that's it. You are you are Lewis's wingman. It goes back to Toto saying that wingman comment again two seasons ago. Uh, this was not saying it, but actually, you know, clearly there. It was, it, it, it was, it was, it was clear what Merck. Well, had he been, had he been quicker from the start of the season, then you know. Well, true. You know, perhaps his position might be slightly different. But sometimes it's kind of like, well, you know, take your medicine, sunshine. I mean, let's not forget. I was thinking this this week this weekend with with Perez's, um, you know, performance, which I think was really great. You know, Perez. I think we'll 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 be and take that wingman position for Max because, you know, if I was in his shoes, I'd be sitting there going, "Well, Felipe Massa had to do it for Alonso, and um, Felipe Massa nearly got a championship out of it one year." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Well, yeah. I think that might that might become the question, right? Is how long would he do it for? So, so let's say let's say Max takes the title this year. 
is Sergio going to be prepared to be wingman for him again next year? And I would say no. Possibly not. I would say, I would say Perez. Not, but... I, I, think, I think Perez is ready to sit back and be that role. And maybe that's what he's been told. Like year one, you are the rear gunner. You are number two. You are the wingman because we're going to get this guy a title. And then after that, you know, we, we open it up. Let's go. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But I, I, you know, I mean, Bottas clearly has been under the, uh, you know, they've said in years past, it's, it's equal machinery and it's equal opportunities. And it's, you know, there's no team orders until it becomes obvious. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe in years past that has been the case. You know, we've seen years where Valtteri has been very, very quick on a Saturday. Um, but, you know, I, I think this year he's made such a pause. Where is he now? Is he sixth in the title? Fifth, sixth? He's made yeah. such a poor start this year. You know, Lando's beating him. Lando's in fourth. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a yeah. case of, you know, you, you, you've already written you've already written yourself out of it. I'm sorry, but you've got nobody else to blame but yourself. And, and getting chippy with the team on the radio probably isn't going to help that. It's not going to help matters, really, is it? Yeah, very true. Very true. And the, the what else? The, the pressure there is you had Russell on Sunday having a fantastic race, taking that Williams to 12th on merit because there was no retirements, Correct. no safety cars. He exactly. took that Williams on merit and it was a fantastic drive by Russell. It, it was a fantastic drive, absolutely. And I do think... Yeah, I said, you know, that, that I sort of saw the interviews. No, it's going to be exactly this until the end of the season. No, I don't think it is. I really yeah, don't think it is. If you look what Perez did this weekend, he did exactly what Red Bull need him to do. Is that, that Constructors' Championship is, they start walking away, they're going to start asking questions. And, you know, I think we, we could be in for something interesting happening mid-season break. I mean, a couple of, uh, couple of um, DNFs in that race and George Russell's in the points. Yes, very true. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which, by the way, was a very, very unusual. I didn't, I didn't quite realize how unusual it is to have zero DNFs. Yes, and I actually went. Isn't. I actually went back and looked. Have a guess. I feel a stat so, coming on, Adam. I feel yeah, a stat coming on. In a thousand, in a thousand plus F one races. Yeah. How many races have all cars finished? As in, as in the last one thousand races. So. Yeah, no, no. Yes, across, so, yeah, because across F one yeah. history, yeah, a thousand plus, however many, yeah, whatever, whatever a thousand twenty races, races, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, like all of them. Oh, go on then. So, I, I, I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm going to guess at because in the old days you had lots of mechanical failures. Um, it's only going to be really in recent years that it happened. I'm going to say ten. Rich, I'll go a bit more than ten, but I'll, I'd say I'm not going to go many more. Twenty. So like 200 now, isn't it? I believe, yeah. believe the answer is eight. Oh, no. I was pretty and close. The only, the only reason I say eight is because the last stat I could find was in um, 2019. And in fact, when Max won the Austrian Grand Prix in 2019, that was the seventh ever race to bring home all cars. And I just didn't have the opportunity before that we got together to go through and just ensure that, that we didn't have anything in 2020 where all cars finished. So therefore, assuming that that was the last one, Austria, Austria 2019 was number seven. The French Grand Prix on Sunday was, was number eight. Wow. The eighth yeah. race. The eighth race ever. ever. I was blown away. And so actually, Dan, I'm pretty impressed yeah. that you got within two to go 10. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty decent. Eighth ever. Yeah, not bad, How about eh? that? 
I was just going on percentages, going 20 would be bloody impressive. <laughs> right. But eight? Yeah. That's nuts. Eight. There you go. There you go. Eight. So, yeah, so, you know, in all sense and purposes, Russell was pretty much in the points there than really, wasn't he? You know, by yep. eight races in F1, which is amazing. But, um, yeah. So uh, you had a you had a good weekend from Alonso um, at Alpine. Alpine mm-hmm. had Netflix with them th- this weekend as well. So doing the uh, Drive to Survive thing, so that was interesting. Um, it was a good race by Ricardo um, and a great yeah. drive by Norris to finish fifth. I mean, that was really great. Yeah. So He's... we're going to get so- to a song in a minute, but um, I'm just going to run through the quick positions. Uh, so for the race, we had Verstappen first, Hamilton second, Perez third, Bottas fourth, Norris fifth, Ricardo sixth, Gasly. Seventh, always there. He's always there, there or thereabouts. Uh, Alonso in ninth, Vettel in uh, Alonso in eighth, sorry, Vettel in ninth, and Stroll in tenth. Start from the back of the grid. Actually, quite a good race by Stroll. But very good race by Stroll, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, you had the Ferraris who were out of the points, but I think they were expecting a slower weekend this weekend anyway. Okay, so Adam, we're going to come to your next song. All right, so song number two. So I am going to go with another link, but again, staying away from the Rich Mason brand. (laughs) This one is definitely not tenuous. This is very specific. And this is a a nod back to last weekend, which was, of course, Father's Day. Now, um, everybody out there in in all walks of life has their hero um, in a very uh, uh, soppy way of putting it. I'm very lucky that I get to call my hero dad. And so as a nod to Father's Day, a nod to my fantastic dad, who's also my hero, whether he knows it or not. This is My Hero by the Food Fighters. Fantastic link. And this goes out to John, the legend knight. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show with Jack's Radio. That was the Food Fighters with My Hero on The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's Radio. So next week, we are going to Austria for the Styrian Grand Prix. Um, quick, give me your predictions, Adam. I'm going to go reverse one and two and stay with three. So I'm going to go Lewis for the win, Max for second, and Perez in third. Rich? Styrofoam Grand Prix, as I like to call it now. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Max for the win. I'm going to stick, I think, Perez in second and Lewis third. Okay. I really I think that track my... is suited to, to Red Bull. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I've, I've got mine written down and I've gone the same as Adam. So I've gone Lewis, Max and Perez. Interesting. There you go. OK, so playing us out today is, uh, well, Max managed to jump Lewis uh, for, for the win in the pit stops. So I'm going to go with Van Halen and jump. So there you go. Very nice. So fellas, good. fellas, good. <laughs> that, that, that's my link. So fellas, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, fellas. <laughs> goodbye. And I'm going to say au revoir and drive safely.